Greetings, 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 good people. This is Kat, and I'm here to introduce to you our newest series that I am calling One-on-One Live. This is a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic, where each episode will feature interviews with people from all walks of life. I'm talking creatives, culture warriors, social justice warriors, and happen makers. Tune in to hear how they are coping in this new space, a space that I refer to as the after, and what they think the future holds. These episodes are recorded live, so if you want to see me and my guests in real time, head over to lowsoso.com for details. Otherwise, just subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and get new episodes as soon as they are available. Oh, and one more thing. If you enjoy what you hear, please, please consider making a donation using the information in the description box. Many of our guests have been adversely affected by the pandemic, so where you can, consider supporting their creative pursuits and causes. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Now, on to the episode. All right, good people. Ha ha! Greetings, 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 and welcome to Cat's Corner of the Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Cat Okaday, and this is the one-on-one series. And I'm super excited uh, because we have a live audience sort of tuned into this as well um, as we talk to. Um, my sister from another mister, like one of the most important people in my life, my bestie, uh, Evelyn Bando. Welcome to the show. Hi. I love, first of all, let me talk about how fly you look with this lip on. Oh my goodness. That thing is fire. Which one is that? Uh, this is the lip bar hot mama. Okay. So everyone should know that, um, I call Evelyn the lipstick whisperer because she can look at your face and say, these are the lipsticks that you should wear. And all of my lip game is because of her. Without her, I would be in this world not knowing what shade of red to wear. So thank you for that, for your, for your service. So I like to start these off with, how are you feeling today? Um, if I had to give a weather report, I would say, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, how do they say it? Like partly sunny, partly cloudy? Yes. Overcast? <laughs> Overcast. <laughs> yes. That's how you're feeling? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You and sure? I yeah, I had to think about that because, you know, I don't talk to anyone before like four o'clock in the afternoon these days. Right. Right. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. And where are you right now? Where are you located? Because a lot of people were like, is she in the country? I'm like, yes, she is. Unfortunately. Um, so I, <laughs> it's okay. I, I could have got out. I missed my, <laughs> I think about that every day. Um, no, so I'm up in my dad's house in central New York, Syracuse, New York. So okay. contrary to popular belief, just because New York is a blue state doesn't mean that the entire state is a blue state. New York mm-hmm. city is the blue area, the democratic area. Mm-hmm. And pretty much carries the rest of the state because right. without New York City, we'd be more like, I don't know, Ohio or some shit like that. So yeah. Okay. All right. Central New York. Okay. And so I wanted to have this conversation with you because um, it was important for me to be able to, like, I'm bringing people in that I know and love, people that I don't know that are doing this really great work. And so um I wanted to make sure that we had a conversation because we've been talking offline about what is happening and we've also been um, talking about the importance of um, just maintaining our sanity. So when you look at the landscape right now, because one of the things I love about you is, uh, so Evelyn is brilliant, like 
she has multiple degrees and all of these other things but she's also has this, what i think is a rather unpopular but a very um important and uh truthful take on the world so right now you are in syracuse you are watching all of this unfold receiving the commentary so real quick whoever isn't muted could you please mute sorry um there's, there's some sort of background feedback and i can't tell if that's from if that's from uh, me, it's not, well, it's not on this end, but if there's something in the background, if you could mute, please go ahead and do that. Um, so Evelyn, sorry, as I was saying, what is your take right now? Um, in general, uh, <laughs> ooh, let's see, the, the, the overcast part of me wants to say one thing, the sunny part of me wants to say another thing. Well, give us so, both. Uh, um, mm, so we're fucked, but it'll get better. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm here for it. Okay. Um, so uh, there's so many layers and, and, and dimensions to this because, you know, on, so the first thing I'm going to start off saying is that when we look at the landscape around us and we look at ourselves and the people around us, we, mm -hmm. we can tell the core of who we all are by how right. we're showing up. Right. In this particular pandemic. Right. Right. So if, if, whatever you're pushing not pushing however you're choosing to be however you're responding you know that kind of speaks to what what what's driving us and and what our values are and, and what's important right when you start looking at the bigger picture of things you know the fact that we're not tearing shit up and burning shit down and and getting this crazy motherfucker out of office is so it's fascinating to me. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, French people be protesting when they say you got to work extra two hours a week. <laughs> you know, they're talking about right. you only have, you know, a, 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 a teaspoon of brie with your bread. And these these folks go march to the street. Right. And, you know, they, they've had pension reforms and they shut down their transportation system. Like they're just right. playing with their way of life. Right. You know, over here we're in this narcissistic codependent relationship with this grifter in chief at 1600 mm -hmm. and you know we'll get on twitter and express outrage and do all this other stuff but then what else is happening right and so you have that and then you have what i call people you know in in the so-called spiritual community who will spout all sorts of rhetoric and foolishness and you know i'm just like and at the end of the day, y'all are all, many are so focused on getting to whatever this fifth dimension shit is, but we all still here. And I'm like, right. the fifth dimension, like if, if you're, if we're so destination focused and where we're trying to go on our spiritual path, when you're finished, you kind of just die. Right. I mean, cause life is about living and growth and all this other type of stuff. So this, 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 this destination and quest to ascend and evolve, mm -hmm. like, People are missing the wisdom that you do that. You have no reason to be on the earth anymore. So you right. go on to the, your next dimension. Right. You go on to whatever is home for you. And, and then there's this... I feel like... And keep in mind, this has only been going on, what, like six, seven weeks? Something right. Like mm -hmm. um, in this country. Right. So it's right. like... In the United States, yeah. So it's like that the wound is starting to scab over, but we're going to pick it off. And right. so we're going to have a second wave, and then there's going to be a third wave. And then probably by sometime next year, 
things will met out to the shifted existence. I, I don't mm-hmm. like that terminology, new normal. I mm-hmm. understand why people use it because they're trying to anchor into right. something. But this notion that we're going back to wherever it, it, it was we came, right? Uh, you know, you're deluding yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're deluding yourself. If you think that we're going back to the fuck shit that was, we can try and we're just going to get smacked around again. Right. And God only knows what's going to come. You know, Lord only knows what's going to come. Um, and I don't even say that to be alarmist or anything like that. You know, I'm very much about nature and mm-hmm. watching nature and seeing how like nature is, you know, where I look to for my spiritual guidance because right. that is the most direct connection to the divine or the creator of what everything that what is everything we want to know, we can look to nature and kind of get the answer and see the answer within in connection to our creator and nature just bees. But when nature, when there's something in nature, that's not supposed to be there or it's causing right. a problem, nature will just fucking destroy everything. Right. Like we'll burn this shit to the ground and we'll start again. Right. Um, y'all not that important. You know, I've had people get mad because I said, well, this is a blood sacrifice. <laughs> they're, like, I can't, I, they're like, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth for this. Yeah, yeah, ho stuff or whatever. And I'm just like, but, and this was like three weeks ago. And I'm just right. like three weeks later, your president is on the computer machine. He's on Al Gore's internet and, and Rupert Murdoch's uh, media station telling people to inject fucking Lysol and bleach. Right. And, and to shine a, a UV ray on, on, on your body or on your blood cells or whatever to, to get rid of whatever this virus is. Something that if we wash our hands, it, it doesn't impact us. Something that right. they tell the sunscreen market is billions of dollars to protect against UV rays. Why are you telling people to use UV light to kill a right. Like You just want people to die. And, and I think the biggest takeaway from this that I think people really have to... Um, sit with is that the people in charge they want people to die like at this point you just want people to die for whatever reason it is mm-hmm. whatever you want to do it you want to thin the herd you too many people got too much freedom uh this internet done you know made things accessible to people too many people are making money too many people have a voice too many there are too many things going on that challenge the status quo and these people don't like it right they just don't like it and I think it's unfathomable to a lot of people because people have bought into this American dream, which is a scam and a lie. People have bought into, oh, you know, if you work hard, you're going to see all this stuff. You're going to be able to achieve all this stuff. And yeah, if you uphold the mainstream narrative agenda that exists, yes. If you go down that path, you uphold the white supremacy, you uphold all this shit. Yeah, you might see some stuff. But the minute that you try to step out of that, and still try to have some success within this framework, good luck to you. So I think a lot of people, many of us are getting these um, like wake-up calls. Mm-hmm. And, and the wise amongst us are, are having our come-to-Jesus moments uh, behind closed doors to get really serious about, so what is it that I'm doing? What, what is it that I'm here for? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's really going to be more when this kind of shifts is complete, it's, it's gonna, we're going to be looking at what does that second life for a lot of us look like. Right. We're not going back. We're right. not going back. And if, if my understanding is correct, the economic fallout from this, it's just starting. Like, mm-hmm. what people don't 
aren't getting is that this is just we are literally at the beginning of right. whatever this shifting is. Right. People like I don't know how you prepare for it other than just accepting like we are just beginning. So you know, with your perspective, you are, you follow systems, you follow trends. You know, anybody who's actually gone on Evelyn Bando's Facebook page and looked at some of her posts, you already know that her level of dot connecting is like untouched and unparalleled. How do you, what do you, how are you actually, so step away from spiritual Evelyn and like critical thinking Evelyn. How are you, how is like human in her skin in Syracuse don't want to be like how is that Evelyn coping with all of this um some days better than others okay uh, you know two weeks ago I ate a personal sheet cake from Wegmans in like, <laughs> like one and a half sittings I was just like fuck it I don't, I don't wait a minute know. okay I'm sorry you know, the little, okay no because I need cake you, is delicious. what do you mean a personal sheet cake so they have these little tiny like sheet cakes like this big <laughs> okay, and she's holding up her hand, I don't, and I don't know what this thing it's, means. It's like <laughs> so. Okay, on a sheet cake, by three or whatever. Okay, it's like all a right. Little baby celebration cake, and I was okay. like, it's so cute. And it's a Wegman's cake, and Wegman's cake is delicious. And I'm like, I'm in my feelings. I'm in so somewhere. Our friend Shonda Goward is 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 probably clutching her pearls. I just want you yeah. to know. Okay, yeah, I, all right. You know, I didn't have the fixings to make my own cake. I don't need to right. Um. But I was in the grocery store just shopping for stuff, pissed off because y'all, you, you too close. You're not social distancing. <laughs> you're coughing and you're breathing on me. You talking. You roaming the store like a pack of wolves. Right. And I was like, I'm tired. Today, I'm tired. I don't want to feel positive today. I just want mm-hmm. to indulge my feelings. And then I woke up in the morning and my body was like, uh-huh. Um, so some days I have my practices. I do my practices. I take my walks. I try to keep things level. And then on some days, I just let myself be in my feelings because mm-hmm. it's not even just about what's going on globally. It's also this my internal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not freaking out so much about what's happening. The only time I really freak out mm-hmm. is when I like watch the news or right. on social media or whatever. I, I can't even tolerate a lot of that stuff anymore because it's just so much frenetic energy. I have to unplug from all of it. Right. And, you know, um, just have days where I don't know what's going on because it's too much energy, too much. And some days I can look at it, process it, integrate it. So it it really, it depends. And because I was already on this five year initiation of just life being fucked up and falling apart in many Mm -hmm. aspects and having to come into a new awareness, um, it, it can be challenging some days and then some mm-hmm. days it can be okay. Right. Some days I'm like, I, oh, this is happening. Right. And some days I'm like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. So it's that up, the, and down. up and down and then having to come back into the practices because I can spin out very easily when I start thinking too much about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let me stop. Let me just stop. It's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, life is going to be what it's going to be. Um, you know, let me not eat any more sheet cakes or <laughs> chickens. Okay. And, and you know, let me take this black seed oil, see if I can right. back my trifling this. Um I went and I searched high and low and I found some Irish moss or some sea moss. Mm-hmm. You know, make some gel and put it in my smoothies and you know, I Good. 
and my sit-ups. I, you know, I try, I try to have balance. Build and destroy, man. Build and destroy. <laughs> so, um, when you think about what's happening right now, one of the things that I always rely on you for is sort of, um, you have a long vision that, uh, and it, even though we're, so I'm going to get a little astrology here, even though we're both Sagittariuses, we're very different Sagittariuses. So I tend to, and you know, being present is hard for me as it is, but your long vision, it's, there's a depth to it that I, I don't have. And so when I think about, um, economic systems, when I think about systems in general, I have to go back to, um, I don't know if you remember, we, I had a focus group a while, like maybe 10, 12 years ago, when I was working on this project called the Modern Day Market Woman. And the whole concept was that I was looking at the way black women in my immediate circle were starting to move away from traditional work systems and were, you know, the whole side hustle phenomenon, but also just how black women that I knew at the time were expressing the need for these so-called side hustles to become their life the you know these are women who had varying you know levels of education but had these really strong inclinations and i had a focus group and i sat down and asked like it was like five of you a bunch of questions and i recorded the whole session just because i wanted to get a sense and then i pulled together a little paper behind it it's actually quite fun if i remember correctly it was it was a really good day and you said something all those years ago and you were like the system that we know in this country is gonna collapse and it's gonna collapse and we're gonna have to find other ways and bartering you have to grow your own food like you went on this whole sort of tangent and everybody was looking at you like what the hell is she talking about I on the other hand was like let me take notes because you know sometimes Evelyn be saying stuff and that stuff be true and so now here we are and we're dealing with this massive situation. I agree with you. I do think the systems, I think, first of all, I think anybody trying to establish a normal in what I call now the after, I think that's a waste of time. I also think that people who um, allow themselves to be inquisitive and to explore that those questions that they have will find that they will fare better in this time because they won't be wedded to anybody's specific outcome. But when we think about these systems, do you have suggestions or ideas around um, not so much how to prepare, but what are some of the things that we should be thinking about like right now? Um, you know, if it were me, I would think about, you know, what, what is your right work in the world? What do you mean by right work? Right work in terms of what is it that you, what, what were you called and designed to be? Like if you, if you abide by the language of having a creator, creative mm -hmm. understanding, and you abide by the language of purpose and destiny and calling, you know, what were you really put on this earth to do? And are you doing it? Are, are you living in a way that supports you being who you are? Are you contributing in a way that supports you in being who you are? But even before that, what is your relationship with yourself? You know, not only is it the self-love thing, but do you like yourself? When you look in the mirror, um, do you like yourself? Even though there may be things that you want to change or improve mm -hmm. upon, you know, do you accept yourself for who and what you are? Do you, are you self-governed? I don't believe in this notion of being a sovereign being because we're too interdependent and we need oxygen and we need the trees to do the chemical exchange with us. But right. I do believe in this concept of having a sovereign boundary. So right. do you know where other people end and you begin? Mm -hmm. Do you know how you walk in the world? Do you know who you are? And, and, not, and, and so if, we if you take away everything, every accumulation, every material thing, 
and you just are stripped down to your bare essence. Do you know who you are? Do you like what you see when you're stripped down to that bare essence? And are you showing up in the world as you're supposed to show up? Because, you know, really a lot of times we, the way we move in the world is a function of us, many of us operating from this place of inadequacy and lack and all these childhood wounds. So we get on this, this rigmarole of trying to achieve, trying to get things, trying to make shit happen, you know, hustling ourselves to, the, to, to death, grinding ourselves. And if we live in a way, Western life is very unsustainable. Mm -hmm. And that goes from our systems on down to how we function in it. We're like lab rats in the system. So this is, to me, an opportunity to think about when we talk about getting out of the rat race, it's not so much about leaving a job and creating your own business as it is this energetic rat race of what can I leave behind that keeps me from being at peace? Right. What do I leave behind that keeps me from feeling joy? You know, what do I leave behind that says that my existence only matters by what I'm producing? Because mm -hmm. that's where all our fucking stress comes from. Mm -hmm. Try, trying to be successful in a system that only has room, quote unquote, for so many people at the top. Because our economic, it is a triangle. Right. It is a, it is a triangle. And a lot of us who went and got the degrees and the education and doing all this stuff, we're in the middle whether we're the bottom middle, 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 or top middle. So if it were me, I'm like, what can, what, what, uh, what's the baggage I can put down so I can have some peace? Right. Because at the end of the day, everything that we do, some people say it's legacy. Yeah, it's more ego. But a lot of it is we want to be fulfilled. We want to have joy. We want to have peace. Mm -hmm. um, and that would really do a lot for our, our stress levels and our chronic disease levels and our overall happiness levels. Um, you know, really like sit down and look at yourself. And that, that is what people are very um, nervous and fearful to do. Right. Because when that starts to happen, you start realizing like, oh, these are all the ways that I've been living a lie. Right. And also because, you know, we're really hard on ourselves. Right. We're, we're trying to um, perform success. Right. So I, I think this is really a time like come back to what it is to be yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the best way I can explain it. So that's the one thing. And then when you're starting to do this work, releasing, shifting, having the courage to make space. Um, if you're in a job and you don't like that shit, you know, what, what are other opportunities for you? Because most likely if you're in a job, you don't like, you're taking space from someone who actually might want to be in that job and who could do a better job than you. And, right. And the same thing round and round and round we go. It's an opportunity for us to just come to a place of peace and fulfillment. And that's the long, long vision mm -hmm. and, and coming into having a relationship with enough. Because right. If you feel like you have enough, you don't have to over consume. You don't right. have to accumulate accumulate to the point that you're scared of losing what you got right um and then the like the practical things like right now is for as long as we have a cash system do what you can to hold on to some cash okay um 
because we we don't know there's a lot of uncertainty everywhere and that is what's making us all feel somewhat unstable and just not sure and topsy-turvy oh conserve your cash like we all you know people more facebook ads with the online shopping and everyone's doing 40 percent off and 60 percent off and all this other type of stuff and okay if you got the stuff to float do it if you can put your money towards a small business a micro business whatever to keep those micro economies going go forth and do it but let's be also mindful of do we really need to buy this thing or are we just trying to feel better and either way it's okay at the end of the day it's what it is just be honest with yourself and hold on to your cash because if you're trying to get through these unemployment systems or these small business systems whatever they're, they're, it's a shit show it's going to mm-hmm. take a while you're not we're probably not going to see the things the way that we want to see them you know at this phase that we're in right now it's not loosening up until like probably july um so do what you can if you know what stresses you out do what you can now to mitigate that stuff if you know not having money stresses you out then do what you can to have what you need if you know that news and all this other stuff stresses you out create your boundaries get your get your boundaries up right okay so i wanted to go back because you said a lot of things and it's resonating with the folks that are on the that are part of the live audience so a question from adama was um how do we so you for those of us that know you you have lived in a lot of places and you you often in our conversations refer to the u.s as a ghetto (laughs) the entire country how do you when you think about well when you think about where you've lived in the past um compared to what's happening now. What what are you what are the things that you're seeing that are different? Or, you know, what are the things that you're seeing that kind of stand out to you? In terms of your comparison of having lived outside the US. So Asia is interesting. I think if I lived in other countries, the capitalism would have been there, but I was in Thailand mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time. And the culture is very sabai sabai, but they also have the last monarch type of situation, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this conditioning and culture around the, the patriarchal father figure taking care of all his children. Right. And not the current king, but this current king's father was so beloved. Mm-hmm. He was so beloved to the point you talk ill about that family, you go into jail. Like, right. um, but he was very much about his people and about leadership and about all of this stuff. So there's this concept in talent called Sabai Sabai, which in our, you know, translation is it's all good. Mm-hmm. So they're not stressing out about stuff. Right. They're, they're very, and probably because it's a, it's a, a Buddhist country, it's very present focused, right? They're in the language, in the Thai language, there isn't even um, a word for the past or past tense. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to say like, oh, I ate something last week, the translation is like, I ate chicken the Wednesday um, after the other Wednesday or something, something like that. Right. So there is a, a very much a present type of situation. There's, it's, it's interesting because when I was there, a lot of um, Chinese money and investors and things started coming in and they started buying up a lot of the businesses. So you have Chinese business owners and Thai workers. Thai people are very chill. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not you're not stressing them out about a lot of this shit. They're mm-hmm. real chill. I'm going to do what I need to do. 
And when it's time to go, I'm going. We go into the little set over here. We get in our tent, our tongue, and our grilled fish and our cards and everything else. We gonna be with our people and we're gonna chill. Right. Right. We're gonna we're gonna have a balance between having a good time and not. We're gonna go to the fruit stand and, and get our vegetables. We're going to get what we need and be good with that. We'll help each other out. Um, it just was a little bit more relaxed. What I did notice as the years progressed, however, as the more money, external money came into the country, the more um, foreign fast food interest came into the country, it started shifting and changing. That Mm -hmm. capitalism started showing up. That big development started showing up. Um, That Instagram culture started showing up and changing how public spaces were built. Right. when that Western influence started showing up, you started seeing markers of that. So, yeah, it. I just feel like the other countries that I've been to that still maintain some of their own ways of being. Mm-hmm. The it wasn't money wasn't the thing. It's important. Um, work is important. But it was a means to being able to, like, go live your life. Whereas here, work is life. So when I say right. here, I'm, you know, mean our, our Western aspects. If we're not productive, something is wrong. You know, you a bum bitch or whatever. Or even what is considered productive. I mean, I think even the idea of what is considered productive varies um, across, you know, countries and nations. Um, when we think about... Uh, sort of right now and coping and trying to figure things out. I know that you and I are often talking about, you know, this idea of purpose and, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it. What are you doing as far as, um, like, some people feel called to produce and create in this time frame. How are you doing in that space? Um, so I was called to just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, Evelyn, we, we, they have decided that you need to sit down right. and so, do nothing. Yeah, sit down, sit down. Uh, it, it was, it was it, like, you just, you just need to sit back and observe. Take mm-hmm. 90 days and observe. Um, because it goes back to this question of what, are you, what am I called to produce and who am I called to be? And part mm-hmm. of it, again, is I was already going through a transition mm-hmm. of how I'm supposed to show up in the world and, and, and what my my contribution not so much my work but my contribution is supposed to look like and how do i say it it it's it was it's really about not being intentional not to add to the noise mm. and being intentional about not all these tips and tricks and all that other stuff because nobody knows. None of us knows, right? right? There are some things that are better suited for the present time, like, yeah, how to de-stress, how to, how to relax, how to be present, how to be still, right? Do I really need to be adding to all of that? That was like, mm, it's not necessary. I think one of the best skills that we can have is to know when to hold, when to fold. When, when is your voice necessary? And when mm-hmm. do you got to retreat and just kind of get clear within yourself mm-hmm. so that you present your clearest 
most aligned, most helpful version and vision of yourself. And I also, I did not want to get into the space of trying to make money in a pandemic. That's a very different energy than when we're creating and, and the things that we would typically do, if that makes sense, right? Because it comes back to this alignment. I, I, it's really important that whatever I produce, whatever I put out there is in alignment with the, the highest vision for my walk that I can see at this point, because Mm -hmm. that is where that real prosperity and abundance comes from. Because if you create something in reaction to this or in response to this, you know, at some point the conditions change and then what I'm not saying that's right or that's wrong or it's whatever. I'm saying it's something to consider. Right. And from that spiritual dimension, because of the, the, the spiritual nature of the work, I am doing my best to not uh, create more karma for myself. Because mm-hmm. I swear to God, I'm not coming back. <laughs> Here you go. This, this Here you go. Lifetime. This is my last lifetime. I'm going to come back. Um, and from the bigger, broader picture of our evolution, our, our individual journeys as, as humans, as souls having this human experience, we, we, if we're giving too much information to people, mm-hmm. we can actually take them off their path. If That's we're, real. If we're giving too much information to people, to all the shortcuts and this, that, and the third, we're keeping people from getting whatever lessons and learnings they need to get. Mm-hmm. And that creates karma for them. Mm-hmm. On additional karma for you. Right. Because we're not giving people the enough information to do, to go back and do their inner work, to do what needs to be done. Right. So for, for me, I'm just very mindful of, is it going to be helpful? Is it going to hurt? Is it going to harm? Is it going to have people chasing their tails? And, and that's a decision that everyone has to make for themselves. And that is a decision that everyone has to make in accordance to their relationship with money as well. Mm-hmm. And the reality of whatever their financial situation is. Right. You know, I don't like to make money in a frenetic way because that shit always bounces back and reverberates and just causes problems for me. Right. Not for anybody else. So it gets me thinking, um, cause I get this question a lot. Uh, and what's interesting is that I do believe this is a time for us to sit still. Um, even when I was trying to decide whether or not to do this series, the reason I decided to do it was because I thought about it and it wouldn't let me sleep. It was like, you have to do this, go ahead, you know, shine a light on these people that you think are brilliant, have these conversations because who knows, somebody might need to hear what's, what's being said. And so one of the questions that I want to ask you, cause I get this a lot, um, especially lately, how do you know which voice to listen to? It is that quiet, quiet, quiet voice, like in the, the pit of your gut. Mm-hmm. And, and your heart is like, mm-hmm. it's so quiet and it's so subtle and it's so persistent. 
you know, the voice that's like in your ear, that's kind of like a speakerphone or the, the billowing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might want to muscle test that a little bit, but it's for me, it is this really persistent, quiet voice. And here's the thing, the voice will have been telling you certain things to do or paths to take even before this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. It, it would have been talking to you or whispering to you or having these feelings or these nudges. And in your, your stillness or in the not as frenetic pace, maybe you can hear it more. Mm-hmm. But it, it just resonates as your truth, right? It, it, it's one of those things, if I don't do it, will I regret it? Will mm-hmm. I, is it going to interrupt my sleep? Is it going to um, make me feel like I, did I miss an opportunity or something like that? But that also requires you to have really honest relationship with yourself because right. a lot of things can present themselves as it's an opportunity of a lifetime. And, and the, the question I, you know, like to ask myself is if, I did, you know, would I still do this if I didn't have a captive audience? Mm-hmm. You know, right. And again, it's it's different for everybody. I, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. You know, you you just gotta do it and see what happens. But also, if you take the the chance to be still and to just let what needs to make itself present become present you are going to hear and see and be nudged in a direction that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if the, if your ideas are coming from you're scrolling or you're looking or you're getting all this external input and you're like, Oh, this is a hole. I should do this. Right. Oh, this is a need. People need this. And it's coming from external input. Then maybe it's an opportunity to then take it within and see if it's still met and see if it's still tests. So Adaba raised a really good point just in what you just said. And, um, and I, and I absolutely agree with her that that whole sitting still and listening is possibly why folks want to get back to things because nobody wants to sit and listen. Nobody really does. Who really wants to be told in that inner space, you know, that job that you've been holding on to for 10 years, you know, that you're better than that. You don't need to have to, you don't need to be in that space or, you know, this relationship, you know, there's one of the things that's interesting is that there's been a lot of divorces. (laughs) Okay. Your face is, (laughs) your face is meme worthy. Um, but a lot of uh, people say after this pandemic is done, you and me, we ain't going to be together no more. So it is, yeah, the divorce rates about to go up as a result of this people being forced to partners. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I do think that there is something to be said about what being forced to sit still actually does. And the other thing I think is worth mentioning or at least exploring is in a lot of ways for those of us who don't do the work, you know, a lot of us that in our space have done the work. Wendy Cherry's on this call. She's done the work. You know, Cheryl's on this call. Adama's on this call. You know, Catherine's on this call. These are women that I know that are doing the work, have done the work, continue to do the work. But if you have never sort of ventured into this space, this can be a very scary time. So do you have some sort of 101 tips for folks who might not be familiar with this space of self-reflection and, you know, evolution and all of that other stuff. Get a journal and start writing. Okay. Get a journal and start writing. The best thing 
um, above anything else, get a journal, start writing, start writing your feelings, putting everything out. And when it even comes to meditation, a lot of what we call meditation is actually contemplation. Mm. You know, that meditation that in that samsara state is where you're literally one and you're, you're not thinking anything. You're not using any mantras. You're not doing anything. You're just at one with all of creation. So a lot of this is contemplation. Sit with a journal and just start write, start writing what's coming through and then go back and read it a week later and keep doing that. And mm -hmm. just all the questions that you have about your life, put it in a journal and then start writing what comes up in response to that, right? Um, as much, and, and I say this because yeah, that journal can be a container for whatever feelings are coming up. There are a lot of great resources for, um, I think a lot of people are doing like online therapists right mm -hmm. now, online counselors. If you are employed, you know, if your job has a decent benefit system, they have something called employer assisted programs. And within that there's counseling, get a counselor. If you're doing, if you're, if you have never had to do uh, inner self inquiry, if you have never asked yourself questions, if you've never just sat down and been with yourself or you've been with yourself and you didn't like that little dragon and you got back <laughs> up, right? You, you don't do this alone. Right. Right. That, that's the key. You don't do it alone. And, and you don't do it alone in a pandemic when you already have to isolate. And then you got all these other responsibilities. If you have family, if you have kids and all this other type of stuff, get yourself a journal, start writing and also get yourself a, a counselor or a therapist or a wise spiritual practitioner, you know, to be in community with. And the counselor is going to be your sounding board. There's a non-judgmental sounding board who's going to listen to you right. and, and help you reflect and reframe. That spiritual practitioner, if they're, if they're really about their shit, they're not giving you any answers. They're going to listen. They're going to give you things to contemplate, and they're going to send you back to do that work. Or they're going to share aspects of their story because they've been there. They're maybe a little bit further along the path, and they can guide you on, okay, this is what's coming up. This is what you need to go back and sit with the the first question that you can put in your journal if you get one if you've never done this before at the top of the page is who am i and see what starts to come up right see what starts to resonate and then there's this one book by this author that is is a gentle entree into this self-exploration and it's called you can heal your life by louise hay there are mm -hmm. so, many, so many great books that i could recommend but i like this one because this is very gentle mm -hmm. and it's very gives you permission to actually feel what you feel no one needs right. that permission but the way that it it's it's written the way that it kicks off stuff is really important um because other books go deeper, deeper, deeper into the fray. Now, if you've been like fighting yourself, you know changes have come in, you're fighting yourself, you can go a little harder in the paint. Right. Most people, because they're just waking up from the illusion, waking up from the delusion that was the westernized existence, right? And so people are foggy headed. Get your journal and start just writing your feelings about what's happening, what's going on, that you're confused. Mm -hmm. And then from there, 
things are going to naturally open up and get that counseling help or that spiritual guidance help to, to create a container for you to process it. Yeah. So I think this is also a good point, a good part uh, point in the conversation to um, just put out a little warning because the other the so there's the, there's the actual, this is what's happening, pandemic, COVID, people are stuck indoors. Um, there has been a huge uptick. I have had to talk myself out of plenty of online shopping because I'm like, I'm bored. Um, and so I've had to, and I remember there was a point where I wanted to do something and I was like, Evelyn said, keep your cash. So I was like, okay. So I stopped, I moved back. Um, but I've also been very cognizant of supporting small businesses um, because I really want to make sure that those don't disappear as a result of this and especially the bad management of the government when it comes to the whole small business bailout. But there's also the other side of this. Um, my One of my sisters, you know, I was checking in on her. I'd made a tea blend for the entire family that was antiviral and I'd, you know, put everything together, went to everybody's house, dropped stuff off, just told people, just drink this tea. It's going to be fortifying. It's going to be helpful. Um, one, one of my, one of my, I'm, you know, professional auntie, I got six nieces and nephews in one family and I just wanted to make sure that they were good. And so I was talking to um, my sister-in-law and she was saying that, she's like, I think I made myself sick. I said, well, what exactly did you do? So, you know, her mom had gone on and saw colloidal silver and black seed oil and da da da. And so she bought like a whole bank load of all of these supplements. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to need you to take a step back and just take a break because you've overdone it and you're making yourself sick. So the other side of this is, as an herbalist, as someone who believes in the power of of supplements and all of that. We also have to be careful in that space because when we talk about people coming into their own, this whole idea of self-evaluation, um, there are some tricksters out here who are marauding and parading and offering up feel-good remedies, you know, instant, you know, instant, you know, evolution, instant gratification around who you become. And so I, I would love for you to give a little bit of insight on just what to look out for. Because if you've never done this work, if you are just starting this work, or if you've had some really bad experiences, it might be hard for you to trust. And the reality is that even, even in this space, like you and I talk all the time. So we, you know, we mirror each other, we hold each other accountable. Even if you don't have, like this kind of work requires accountability. It requires a permission from other people to check you if you are doing the damn most. And sometimes you get so caught up in the performative aspect of spirituality that you actually forget to do the work. So <laughs> Evelyn is rolling her eyes for those that listen to the audio. She's shaking her head and rolling her eyes. So I would love for you to share your thoughts. Um, and we could spend hours talking about tricksters and frosters, but what are some of the things that, you know, if you aren't really in touch with that part of you yet, that understands like, mm, this is my lie detector. What are ways that people can sort of avoid these challenging aspects of the, cause this world is, is pretty much a free for all. Once you move away from, <laughs> once you move away from sort of organized religion, cause we know the pitfalls there and all the other things you can tell, you know, which churches are on the up and up, which passes are little whatever. But when we move into the space of quote unquote spirituality, it's, it's hella esoteric. And there's a lot of people out here with onks and peacock feathers and, and mirrors and, and, and incense. And so how do we how do we safeguard ourselves so that our process is actually, you know, one that that actually happens as opposed to get stalled? Right. So the first thing I'm going to say is that 
when you start on your journey, you, you, you are going to get taken. You're going to be run about a bit. And that's a part of the, the lesson and the learning to, to develop your, your GPS on what's true and what's not true, right? So how you do this without having it be mortal harm. The first thing is if someone is promising you the answers, they can tell you what's wrong. They can tell you how to fix it. They can tell you how to live your life. They can tell you what your purpose are. You need to run like hell. No, nobody can tell you. That is your work to do. If you are coming across a teacher who is not teaching you through demonstration, who is not teaching you to go get your own answers, kindly turn away and, <laughs> and, and, and go to the other side. A true teacher who is working on behalf of spirit is going to tell you, you need to go get your own stuff. You need to clear what's in the way for you to go and figure out your walk because it is yours. I cannot tell you it is irresponsible. It is, will take you off of your path. It will take you further away from yourself. I don't have your answers and I'm not going to be responsible for your answers because that, that responsibility, a wise teacher knows it's not their responsibility to take responsibility for other people's path. Number one. So the big thing is, if you don't have access to people who have been doing this work and you cannot ask for some type of referral or recommendation, you need to get a clinical licensed counselor and start there because that's going to open you up to other possibilities, other realms. Okay. Because there are a lot of counselors who also do and present in a, in a, in a, what's the word I'm looking for in a holistic manner that holds both the scientific and the clinical and the, the spiritual esoteric. And they have a balance and they also have ethics that they have to, to ascribe to, right? So if you don't know, if it's brand new, you know, if you're surrounded by people who are more into religion and all that other type of stuff and you're, you're solo on this path, start there. Find, interview your counselors, find your counseling people because that's going to open your energy up and your energy is going to help call in those people resources that you need. If you have friends who are who 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 have been doing their work and you're always wondering what is it that they got that I don't talk to them, ask them about their journey, about their path, about who is helping to support them if anything. What resources do they have? Ask your community, ask your people about what spiritual practitioners do you trust? Because let me tell you, the spiritual practitioners that I use and I'm just running through, they're not on Instagram. Mm. Or if they are, they're not in that capacity of, you know, rah, 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 ray, 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 right? They, it's very much, they're very much of that ancient mystic tradition of when the, the student is ready, the teacher will appear. You just find and you show up and it's word of mouth or whatever it is. And their practices are still robust because their work is the testimony, Right. Um, or pay attention to how people are using social media, right? If they are using their story and telling their story and encouraging you to know yourself and sharing and giving you information and then also saying, you know, I have, um, there's, if you want more, there's a support and the energy is very gentle, right? It's not a pushing on you. It's not a selling you a solution, so to speak, but it's just like, I'm informing you that I'm here and what I do. And you check out their stuff and you resonate with it at a deep level. Go on, check them out, maybe support them. Um, 
and see what's possible. But if you're looking at something on social media or whatever it is, and it seems like it's too good to be true, or it seems like they speak in a very definitive voice, um, they speak and this is what it is and what it has to be. You might want to, you might want to look at that with a, with a word of, of caution, right? If someone is telling you to, to take a stone like angel light and put it in your vagina, <laughs> or vagina health or, uh, you know, a, a yoni egg, yeah, you know, if they, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're not a fan of yoni eggs? I'm a fan of the right yoni eggs that have that are harder that are as what they need to be on most hardness scale because mm -hmm. if you are telling people to put these chalky ass stones in their vagina you're literally getting chalk in your pussy oh gosh okay right <laughs> we'll so, be putting an explicit tag on this audio go right. ahead <laughs> so rose quartz yeah jade yes because there are there is science and things to back there is historical, cultural, anthropological information right. that backs all this stuff up. And then people that went and taken it too far and they making, you know, yoni eggs out of every damn stone. Some stones are too soft. Right. The acid within your vaginal canal eats the stone. And so now you're getting a stone that might be poisonous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, we, you have to, you got to look at their longevity. You have to look at, are they talking about who their teachers are? Right. Um, where they're getting their information because there's a lot of people who picked up a book and then they had a spiritual awakening <laughs> and now they've been called to lead right masses. and really wise spiritual teachers they're going to be somewhat reticent and they're going to be somewhat um i need to see if, if you're really ready to do this this work right and money isn't going to be their motivation. And a lot of people will not agree with me on that, but I don't care what they say. I am going by the proof of what I've experienced and what I have seen. They are about the work and the exchange is secondary and they're still okay because they mm -hmm. have a different understanding of abundance and prosperity than, you know, more mainstream spirituality, which is the other extreme of religion, if we right. really want to get down with it. So yeah, that, that is what I would recommend. Okay. So um, what I'm going to do, because we are getting close to the end, is um, folks have been sending questions via chat, but what I'm going to do now is ask you uh, that are listening the, during the part of the live audience, feel free to unmute your mic and ask a question if you have one. Let's see. Yes, no, no questions. Be good. Oh, wait, okay, yes. I see some people unmuting. Go for it. I have a question. I have more of like a, a conversation. Yeah. Look at, I read Evelyn's stuff all the time. And it's one of those things where you see, and it happens on my page too, depending on what I post. She posts the most informational, educational kind of stuff. And it'd be like three people who. Yep say anything about it mm -hmm. same for me like I posted um, I was in a magazine talking about um, tips for just keeping calm during this right. time but before that I posted something about Atlanta with a funny meme mm -hmm. about 80 some people <laughs> and I posted them within minutes of each other right minutes 
Right. Next one was the tips because everybody's saying they stressed out. Everybody mm-hmm. putting death all over the internet, and so I'll <laughs> give you some tips. Right. Right and true because I have had to do them because I have been stressed out. Right. You know, before this happened, just the tips that I use, and then you get like ten people. Right. And so I see that with Evelyn and. You know, when you were talking about some of the money, Adama, I, I agreed with Adama must have been last week when you were talking about money and Adama was like, I hope I can speak this language one day. And I was thinking the same too, because I didn't know what Evelyn was talking about. I have always seen her post that stuff, but mm-hmm. I always try to like pay attention because I want to see planted. So the next time I see something, it'll connect it out and connect it out. And so right. that's how I moved. But recently... For me, studying health, I was studying esoteric health, indigenous health, but then I also watched what the white man does. Mm -hmm. The white mamas and the white people were the ones who were on Mm self-preservation. They were the ones who were going organic. They were the ones who were fighting against Wi-Fi. They were Mm -hmm. the ones. That was the community. So I was following them for many years. I was keeping my eye on both. So now the same people that I've been following for like the last seven or eight years, now they're talking about money. So mm-hmm. they had this crisis investing. Um, did you see that, Evelyn? It's a crisis investing uh, seven-day workshop that they just had. That's sick. And um, it was all the white men talking amongst each other about money. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it last year, and I got some tips. Some I could implement. Some I could not because I'm not working with whatever they're working with. Um, right. Right. However. This time I watched it. I tried to watch it again and it was so over my head. But the one thing I did know is that they said counter to what you said, when people Warren Buffett said, when people are in fear, that's when you make your money. Yep. So white men don't have a problem with just going and stealing it all because whatever they have is whatever their karmic load is or whatever it is, they're going to get it that way. But you just said, and it just made me think about what they said, mm-hmm. was you don't want that kind of energy within your money. So how, how, like, what's the difference? They're out here. They were talking so high level. It gave me a headache. That I right. Back away from them because it was giving me a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. here's the thing. When we're talking, of, so I want to be. Wait, wait, well, thank you for your question, Wendy. Right. Go for it. Yes, thank you. So, um, <laughs> I I am not a capitalist. I I have had to let that shit go, honestly. And I I can talk high level about it because my entire career, twenty years, was finance, economic development, like what my undergrad, grad degrees, all of that stuff. Oftentimes, the only in my economics program in undergrad, I was one of two black girls in the major. Me and another chick who I need to find. Um, so, and, and the Wall Street and all this other type of stuff. Capitalism on its head requires exploitation for maximized mm-hmm. profit, period, point blank. Yes, we can have conscious capitalism where we're trying to be about people, planet, purpose, and some people choose to do that. But at some point that even runs out because at the end of the day, the primary motivation is profit, the master is money. And what I had to get clear about for myself was like, oh, I don't believe in that or uphold that. 
because right. this is the system that has been used to oppress people that look like me for years. And there is no, in my opinion, making it better, fair, and just. Because what that means is that in order for everyone to have equality and, and equity and, and access to what is divinely theirs, that means that there's no such thing as millionaires or billionaires anymore. And people aren't right. down with that. They, that's that because the whole, the, the entire foundation of America has been manifest destiny and exceptionalism. And we, no matter how much independence they try to get from the, the Brits, Great Britain, we are still Great Britain's stepchild energetically. We are step-locked with everything that they do. And the fact that they have a monarchy and their monarchy was created by colonizing a majority of the world. The reason why we all speak English, okay, is because of that. The reason why America exists is because of resistance to the British monarchy. And these people wanted to be free to do whatever the hell they wanted to do and brought their foolishness with them, right? Mm -hmm. So the entire economic system of the United States is rooted in the bloods and wounds of black and brown people. That, that is entrenched. So when you have a system that is able to maximize profit by maximizing suffering, what you can't fix that. You literally have to let it go or dismantle it. So my years of working, I worked in the system. I worked on the system. I worked tangential to the system. I tried to make the system better. And that is not wanted. They don't want to get to the root of the problem because you get to the root of the problem. That means a lot of these white folk don't have jobs anymore. You get to the root of why black and brown people around the world are suffering. That means the nonprofit industrial complex is complete. And a lot of these folks don't have jobs and they can't go in and save people, which speaks to where their consciousness is at and what they need to feel whole and complete. Right. So when they're talking about crisis investing, Naomi, Naomi Klein coined this with this phrase economic shock doctrine, meaning that there is money to be made off of fear. There is right. money to be made off of disaster, which is why, you know, a lot of theorists will say we create disaster to profit from it. Whether you're looking at seeding weather, weather for hurricanes and tornadoes and things like that, whether you're looking at the response to Katrina, whether you're looking at what's going on in Puerto Rico right now with the hurricanes back to back, when you're looking at the pandemic, one of the things I said was, the, how, how the pandemic came to be is how it came to be. How the virus came to proliferate is how it came to proliferate, okay? But people are going to use this as a way to profit and to make money, and we are seeing it now. They're going to use this to oppress people, put people in pain, so that pe we are willing to give up things under the guise of getting rid of this, this war on this invisible enemy. Right. So they're going to talk about what they do to maintain capitalism, this is how you make money in this, right? This is the opportunity to make money. This is the opportunity for you to make your business and to sell these products or to teach people something in exchange for some money because it's just another market condition. They don't care. People don't care about people. It's just another market condition to make money because money is the master for a lot of these people. So if you are a capitalist, if you uphold the system of capitalism and everything that it stands for, then yeah, you're going to get down with a lot of this stuff. And it's what it is. But when you 
really take your path seriously, your, your spiritual walk seriously, and you, and you are making a choice to be in, in alignment with the natural world around you, which is what we are here to do, then you in good conscience, you can't do it. It's not, you make a very hard choice. And in the middle of all of that, you do, I'm going to be honest, suffer the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Because your, my money looks very different now. My relationship to enough looks very different now. And that wasn't always my choice. Mm-hmm. Ever, you know, I have cried about my financial situation. Yep. Yep. I have cried miserably. I'm like, I'm going to get a job. I want to make some money. You know, that conditioning is hard pressed. But in my world, every time I go get a job, the shit dissolves. Like, I don't know what even, the, anyway. Well, you know, I think one of the things that's important to know, though, is um, and this is why I think it's important to have accountability partners like spirit sisters and brothers that you kind of walk the path with, because I I remember those times where you were like, this is some bullshit. I don't want to do this no more. Da, 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 da. And, you know, we would have these real conversations where because I've said to you, um, you're one of the most well-traveled people that I know. Like people who have like jobs and money have not done nearly as much travel as you have. You have lived in other parts of the world. I absolutely am in awe of the way that you live your life. I don't think it's I I've never thought it was less than or lacking in anything because you have these amazing experiences. You go out into the world and you explore. You're like a true Sagittarius in that way. And so I do think part of what I'm hoping that we can let go of is this notion of what is enough because that is what is driving a lot of people into the ground. Um, with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Adama. She has a question. Hey, lady. Um, so, Evelyn, yeah, that post that Wendy, remember, I don't know if you remember, I was like, I don't know all of what this said, but yeah, that. so um real quick i I, i'm i'm happy to be an honorary sag why do i say honorary sag (laughs) my son my north node and mercury are all in the ninth house all right now right okay so that's where all my like you know sag energy is wanting to beyond the stars you know that comes from but the Taurus sun right here <laughs> is like concrete next steps right and so, but I can balance him I heard you on the like we're still waiting for the dust clear. the particles are still in the air right um, also I am an avowed um, definitely I believe in cooperatives you know and building worker own cooperatives so the, the world that I want to live in, I'm trying to figure out where that is, or where to go, like, start building it, or, you know, I'm yeah, you know, I'm trying yeah. to figure out, like, okay, wait a minute, let me say this, that is not above parallel, I mean, of um, longitude, um, I, yeah, I'm done with the cold, I, you know, I, I need to go south. Right. No. But seriously, I, I'm really done with capitalism. I've, this has been a thought for a long, long time. And so for me, I guess I'm just asking you to, to open envision, envision for us. What do you see for those who are like, yeah, I'm out. 
you know, as far as capitalism, as far as the way this society is set up, those that are willing to be like, I'll give up my house, I'll give up my apartment, I'll give up my car, I'm just ready to peace out and go in a location or a couple of locations where we can have the life we really want to live. Right. Well, just could you speak to that? Sure. So the first thing I would... Uh, Thanks for the question, Adama. Yeah. The first thing I would encourage is for people to get clear about their why. Um, one of the things I've had to come to a reckoning with, because this is all a reckoning, is I can disavow capitalism, but that is the, still the pervasive system on the mm-hmm. planet, so I'm still in it. Um, and I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna be tangentially in it until it no longer exists. So right. how, do, how do I meet each moment with integrity? And that comes back to understanding my relationship with what is enough and my, my guiding principle around abundance, which is abundance isn't accumulated, it's lived. And from there, when I have these grounded principles or when I kind of know my relationship to money, then I can make decisions about how I'm utilizing money, how I'm spending money, how I'm earning it. And, you know, I say I'm out when when the dust settles and all this stuff clears and I have the ability, I'm going to be, uh, you know, on someone's rock somewhere with the sun and the water, be with my people and y'all can come visit. And so your so what it looks like, your vision is what does that look like for you and yours? And it's hard to come up with the collective vision because enough of the collective isn't there yet. And that the collective vision is what we co-create together. Not one person holds all the vision. So we can't come to that yet because not enough of us are there. What we can come to is what does, how was I supposed to live in the first place? If I didn't get caught up in all this stuff, how was I meant to live? How do I want to live now? You know, if you're th- if someone's thinking about, I want to start a farm. Okay, what are the tangible steps to start doing that? And where does that need to be? If, if you're saying, okay, I want to create a situation where we all live together in community and we trade amongst one another, how does that look and who's ready to do that? So you have to, we have to start where we're at and, and get very clear about our vision. Do our part to make sure that we can, we're living the values that will uphold the vision. And then we start finding or calling in our, our like souls and actions people to help us bring that vision into fruition. And it's, it's big and it's amorphous and it is unclear and we don't know what we're dealing with and when we'll be able to deal with things. But that if we're looking at like what is a tangible first step, let's get clear about who we are and what we are supposed to be contributing to this earth in this particular lifestyle. It, I, I'm, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing is that the clearer we get about stepping into who we were designed and called to be, when we get that, all the other things start to fall into place in terms of how we show up and, and how we live because everything we do has to be in support of that. And so it's less about, I'm going to go do all these things so one day I can have enough money to you know, live the way I want to live, to now being intentional about, let me get clear about how I want to live. And then the, the thing that we don't like to talk about 
is the on our way to living life as we want to live the dismantling that comes prior to that and the loss quite frankly that that comes prior to that you you have to be prepared to lose you have to be prepared to lose and when i'm talking lose physical material maybe social hopefully not physical you got to prepare for things to go away and and have your grief muscle ready and if you're saying i want to live this way anything that is not in accordance to what the next vision is the next iteration of your current life is is going to fall away is going to go away don't be like hard ass evelyn uh, <laughs> who uh, cried throughout the whole thing and uh, was miserable throughout the whole thing and judged herself very harshly because she thought she was failing and doing all these things wrong and only now is realizing like, oh, okay, it all just had to go away because I didn't believe in it in the first place. So I think the blessing, and that I don't even like to use that word, but the, the, the light, the glimmer of light with what's happening right now is that loss is about to become, unfortunately, more mainstream. Um, and it's not going to be something that happens to you because you did something wrong. It's just a part of life. And I don't know that enough of us have gotten, had that experience and, and have had to keep going through it so just know that when we're saying i'm ready for the next that a lot if if you have not done a lot of the release work on your own a lot of loss is going to come which is why this time is an opportunity for people to be still listen and release what no longer serves you people and people are telling you release what no longer serves you please listen because if you don't the, that dismantling is going to be that much more challenging detach Step one, detach. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, we are over time, so we're going to bring this to a close. Evelyn Bando, you are amazing. Thank you so much for sitting with us. <laughs> Thank you to all of the audience members that sat in. Hopefully it was something that you found worthwhile. Um, one of the things that I will be doing, um, we're a little bit behind with the um, with getting things up. So the audio portion will end up on the Cat's Corner podcast and then the video version of this whole situation will end up on YouTube. I have asked all of the guests that are um, slated to be part of this series um, to also give me a cash app handle or a PayPal link or something so that we can support these folks. So Evelyn's um, information will be sent out to all the people that RSVP so you have it and it will also be in the in the, in the DM, what's it called the description boxes of each of the different platforms I will ask that if you thought this was worthwhile when we actually get everything up on these platforms please share with your audiences um, the goal of this is just to give people as many different perspectives as possible so that folks don't feel like they're alone and so that we don't create this one narrative about what should be happening at this point um i appreciate you all thank you so much to Catherine, um who's been assisting me and helping me to make this possible you all rock and until next time this is the end of this particular podcast i'm gonna sign off there because it's called durango make itself next week we have two really dope guests um and i'll be posting those up this week so you can take a look at them and you can rsvp thank you all i appreciate you have a great day
Hey folks, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you so much for listening to Cat's Corner, the podcast. If you would like to follow me on social media, please do so. I'm at K-A-T-S-K-O-R-N-E-R-C-O, Cat's Corner Co. on both IG and Twitter. You can also follow my company, Little Social Productions, at LSP underscore on the go. That is both at IG and Twitter. And always feel free to come visit us at www.lilsoso.com. L-I-L-S-O-S-O dot com. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it.